Hey, 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 everybody. It's Connor here again. Today, we've got the wickedly talented Sam Gravit on the pod. And you know we love our wicked content. And I love me some Fieros, y'all. We've talked to Justin Guarini, Derek Klena, Nick Adams, Constantine Rasuli, and they are all dreamboats. So if you love this chat with Sam, I encourage you to go back and listen to more of our episodes with the stars of Wicked. We've had Julia Murney, Emily Ashford, Jackie Burns, Jenny Denoya, Brittany Johnson, Kara Lindsay, Laura Bubundy, Helena York, and actually so many more. Just scroll through our feed. You absolutely will not be disappointed. And... Also, if you want to support the pod, go to patreon.com backslash the drama podcast for $5 a month. You get a bunch of bonus episodes every single month, Instagram, close friends, access, and even more. All right, let's get to the most swankified place in town already. On to the show. Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. Dylan, what's up? Happy, happy new pod. I know. Well, we're in year three now. You know, a season three can really make or break, a, you know, because season one is where you're new, everybody forgives you, or they just really are on on board for all of the new program. And yeah. then season two usually goes either off the rails or it's like, oh my God, season two is the best season. Season three is where you're like, okay, we know the characters, we, we're in it, there may be some new changes, new cast members, new segments, we'll see what's going on. Yeah, I think of Glee in its third season, which was the year that we were seniors in high school, and then they all graduated. Many people stopped watching after season three. So perhaps this is our final year. The people <laughs> listen. Anyways, um, speaking of like change in the air, there's some new music coming out soon. And Ooh. it's going to be changing us, you know, for the better. Or maybe it'll wreck <laughs> us emotionally. We have Taylor Swift's version of Red coming out this Friday. I'm not ready. Dylan, we have days left before we are, we experience the 10 minute all too well. I know, but I'm going to let you finish. However, <laughs> I'm really worried about this 10 minute all too well. Yeah. It's I mean, become I so everyone loves all too well. She did it at the Grammys. Like there's a movie. It used to be a mid album track that like hit us all in the heart. And now it's like the popular song from the album. Okay. The question is, should any song be 10 minutes? I don't I mean, know. every Rush song is like 10 minutes, but I think that, you know, in okay. Taylor's case, I mean, what is that? A couple more verses? I mean, it's going to be oh, amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't wait. I'm so excited for State of Grace and Holy Ground and Treacherous. And honestly, The Lucky One, which hits different. I know people are like, oh no, I don't like that one, but it's going to be always, so we've good. Always, we've always loved that song. <laughs> I know. And there's another album coming out too, that is for sure going to change us all and be a soundtrack for many years to come. And that is Ms. Adkins 30. <laughs> Not Adkins. Yes, I I know. Those songs are all super long, too. Did you see that track list? I saw that the last couple of songs were like six and a half minutes long, which is fun as hell. She's going to she's going to murder us. She she is. This is it's all been gestating for years and she's she's going to kill it. I already love Easy on Me. Oh my God. The bridge has such a tight grip on me. I can't even describe it. It's, it's like absolutely. For me, insane. it's like the piano chords right at the beginning. It just like sends a shiver. You see the music flying in the wind. If anyone hasn't seen the video, check it out. Iconic. Iconic. Yeah. Yeah. I know these, these two queens, man. What are we going to do? But Dylan, I'm so excited for another reason because I'm seeing Wicked again on Wednesday. 
Really? I'm so I jealous. Know. I know. I Well, I'm going for work, but also for fun. And I have to say, I've fully lost count of how many times I've seen the show. Do you know? Do you know? Is it like... I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Is it your most seen Broadway show at this point? Well, you work there. Oh, so yeah. whenever they give you free tickets, you're not going to say no. Never. Oh, my God. To go back to Oz. But the reason I bring this up is because... Well, you're going to be I'm able really to see the- friend of the pod, Jenny Denoya. Yes. And also today's guest... A new friend of the park. I know, and I'm 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 gagged. I'm really gagged. Same. Because we saw him in the final dress rehearsal for Wicked and you looked at him and you said, We're booking him. <laughs> I did. And it's taken but but two months for us to finally, you know, do it. I mean, what do you expect from me? One look at the white pants and I was like, he's coming on the pod. <laughs> yeah. And with that, I'm gonna bring him in. Please. Our guest today is the current Winky Prince and heartthrob of not only Oz, but the reopening of The Great Bright Way overall. Before dancing through life as Fiero in the Broadway company of Wicked, this star also played the role on the national tour. He flexed his white pants prowess from the ensemble up to leading man status, where he is now breaking hearts nightly at the Gershwin Theater. Other credits include... One of my favorites, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, as well as the out-of-town tryout of Almost Famous at the Old Globe. In addition to his theatrical career, our guest is also a lax bro, having played lacrosse at Princeton University. Now, you also might recognize his last name as he is the son of Tony Award winner Debbie Gravett and actor-director Bo Gravett. He is a talented performer, as I mentioned, regularly appearing in concerts in the city, as well as starring eight times a week as Fiero and Wicked on Broadway. Please welcome to drama, Sam, Sam Gravett. Gravett. Wow, y'all really did your research. Oh, yes. We, we, we have fact-checkers. We have fact-checkers in the drama I mean, headquarters. I, in fact, did not play the role of, of Fiero on the tour, but I Ooh, understand that there's someone's getting there. fired. <laughs> I understudied out there and and then, like you said, kind of climbed the proverbial inside ladder in Oz. You understudied, though. Yes, I did. So they knew you could do it, but they decided to give you your training wheels on Broadway instead. True. I, I understudied for a year, like six months out of college. We're jumping in. We're jumping right in. I drama. Know, I know. Oh, my God. Little drama. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here with the McDowell's. I was, I was going to ask you if you liked Adele first. Yes. Adele and I have the same birthday, famously. We're both, um, we're both Tauruses. We both share a birthday on Cinco de Mayo with my twin sister. Go twins. Yes, we love twins here. What's your sister's name? Ellie. Oh, cute. Oh my God, cute. Is that short for anything? It is not. Actually, my brother's full name is Charlie. My sister's full name is Ellie. And I'm Samuel for some reason. So (laughs) (laughs) we got a reason for that. Mom's upstairs, but... Tony winner upstairs. Come on. Um, There's a Tony now, winner in the house. That is so cool. There is. Okay. Wait. So you're a Taurus. Do you, do you feel like you connect with yes. being a, with being an earth sign? Yes. I feel like I connect with, with having strong opinions on things. Ooh, that's, mm-hmm. I wish I was like that. I feel strongly things when I form opinions. I generally take my time forming opinions, but once they're there, I fight tooth and nail. I respect we, that. We that's cool. Yeah. Is Ellie the same way? <laughs> Ellie's the same way, which makes for, you know, some some butting of heads, as it were. But uh, in the best way, she's my rock. We actually live together in Manhattan. Oh, um, I love that. She's a filmmaker. Go check out her stuff if you need anything done. Her name is Ellie Gravitz. She's got a website. She's got a reel. She's got the whole thing. Wow. I'm her biggest fan. Did you guys go to college together? We did not. She went to Brown and I went to Princeton. Oh, okay, you Ivy Leaguers. Come on. 
but yeah, we were very competitive growing up in all things. So that even with each other, oh, especially with each other, only with each other. Oh, see, we weren't like that. We, we were, were always the opposite. like, yeah, if one of us excelled in one area, the other one didn't like if I was better at math than Connor, I'd be like, I'd feel guilty. I know. Isn't that sick? I like, like, well, I wish Connor was as good at math as me. I should probably dumb myself down. <laughs> no, we were, we were like, oh, did you get an A? Well, I got an A plus. Well, like, and so that, that competition translated into athletics and into the classroom. And, you know, she went to Brown and Princeton wow. and there's still a competition about that, but it was all, it's, it's, it is now a healthy competitive relationship whereas it may not have been when we were 17 and 18 years old but but you obviously live together yeah i was just gonna say i love that your roommate dylan and i used to be but he he didn't move back to new york with me so not yet i'm alone without my twin well i'm ready to move out but that's only because i want to live alone now oh yeah i live alone and sam it's unbelievable like Truly. It's, it's, I can never go back. I mean, I probably will after the pandemic pricing like goes away, but it is seriously amazing. You can leave dishes in the sink and no one cares. You can decorate however you want. Like you can be naked all the time. It's truly the best experience of my entire life. <laughs> and that's drama. That's drama. Oh, that's drama. That's big drama. You know, something we like to ask all of our guests, because I'm getting a really, I'm getting a really relaxed vibe from you. I don't know if this is how you always are, but I'm just curious how you're doing today. Are you well? I'm well. Today I'm well. So we just finished week eight of performances of The Wicked on the Broadway, which is kind of crazy to think about that we've done 61 performances now. Mm. Before the pandemic, I had begun a Fiero contract on Broadway, February 25th, 2020. Ah, yes. So I think I did 12 performances wow before everything shut down i also like had the flu in there are you sure and, it was the flu? like it was yes it was the action <laughs> and influenza b test come okay. back positive it was just probably the least auspicious beginning to a contract that could have happened did it feel like a broadway debut it it, it did i mean there was so much love but it was all i mean even by the time i started there was oh there's this virus thing and people had started kind of hedging a little bit and then you know they shut down backstage tours and guests and the stage door and then we kind of blinked and we were closed so so to 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 now have been back for almost four times as long as i had done the thing pre-pan is Mm mind-boggling and i feel like the kind of honeymoon phase of reopening is kind of phasing out but i think that everyone in the gershwin is still like there's so much gratitude infused into being there right now and I don't think that's going away anytime soon. I hope it doesn't. I personally don't think it will for myself. So yeah, I'm well. I I, I came back. I'm in Connecticut right now, which is where my parents live Yeah, for the day off. Is this childhood home? This is not childhood home. When my twin and I graduated high school, my parents moved like seven miles down the road. But okay. it is November, the beginning of November. It's it's some really good foliage time. So we got some leaves going on and, you know, the air just like, tastes good here so that's healing <laughs> and we're feeling good yeah thanks for asking i know i, I called you out <laughs> earlier for what i called were moody instagram stories so if anyone isn't following sam yet they will be but you, you're certainly embracing this autumnal vibe going on you're Trying even to. in flannel i have a flannel on which is i famously leave here in connecticut <laughs> it's like a home outfit it is. I love that. I, I have some some things like that too. Um, well, I'm so glad that you're well. It's it was so amazing. I think I mentioned earlier, Connor and I were at the final dress rehearsal for Wicked, and the energy that day was palpable. It was absurd. Yes, I also hang on to the fact that I had a voice crack on my money note, and as long as you're mine for the final <laughs> dress, 
But Sam, you know, bad dress, good show. It was a dress (laughs) rehearsal, y'all. And that's when that shit's supposed to happen. I mean, stuff. That's when that is supposed to happen. So, (laughs) (laughs) No, you can say whatever you want. You're so funny because I forgot that that happened until this very (laughs) moment. So it really was gone. But you know what was crazy? It wasn't like we left the show and we're like, Oh. We left the show and they said, did you hear Sam's voice crack on that song? No. <laughs> I think everyone was talking about something else about you after the show. I mean, have you been on Twitter.com where everyone's like the new Fiero? I didn't hear a word of Dancing Through Life because the pants. I famously don't tweet. <laughs> you don't tweet? I will say I, I don't tweet. But um, th- my favorite thing that anyone has said to me post-show, any stranger post-show, it, this was actually pre-panned, but I was walking back to the one train after the show and these two women came up behind me and kind of tapped me on the shoulder. I'm like, were you, were you Fiero? Were you, were you Fiero? And I was like, oh, yes, I was. Thank you. <laughs> and they, they said, so have you seen the Marvel, Marvel movies? And I was like, uh, no, no, not really. And they're like, well, in Captain America, um, you know how in Captain America they say, wow, that's America's ass. We think you have America's ass. <laughs> I think that's going to be the title. And I said, so that is the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. It's the only reason I was hired, so thank you very much. <laughs> Wait, no, wouldn't it be like Oz's ass? Listen, I, any publicity is good publicity, right? Come yeah. On. Well, one of those is going to be the title of this episode. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a fun compliment. Is it true that they tailor every Wicked costume for the principals when you come in? So, like, those pants were made for you, literally? Not made. and But but this is true for everyone in the show, is, is they some pieces are made for you, but because Wicked's been open for so long, they have oh, this cool. giant kind of storehouse of clothes on 8th Avenue that they send you to and they kind of like go through the costumes and see what fits you best. So I actually remember this moment really distinctly when I joined the tour because I went to this this warehouse first and I was understudying. So I had my costumes, but then I was also trying on the Fiero costumes. And I remember like that being handed Adam Lambert's pants and like Derek Klena's vest and like all the Aaron Tveit's this and Norbert's that. And it was, it was just kind of this amazing moment that I still kind of hang on to because the genealogy of the role, the people that have come before me are, are people that I kind of grew up looking up to and still look up to. And now they're kind of my peers and, and that's, um, that's a really special thing and it's humbling and, and amazing. But I remember that about the costume fitting, but all that to say that every, they find what fits you best and then they do adjustments and, and tailor it to, uh, to fit you as well as it can for sure. Oh, that's so cool. I mean, I'm, I can imagine that's surreal. I mean, I would have also stolen away into the night with anything belonging to Aaron <laughs> to bait, um, So I would never be allowed in that warehouse. However, I mean, all of those guys are heroes. They're legends. They're all, you know, Tony winners and nominees now. Mm-hmm. And the, the genealogy is crazy. Tay Diggs. Mm-hmm. God, Adam Lambert did do that, didn't he? Well, he was, he was like an LA. He was a, he was a cover. Yeah. He was okay. a cover. Yeah. Before his idol days. So who did you replace? As Figaro? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As Figaro. I replaced Jake Boyd. Okay. Sweet, sweet um, man. Are you the um, tallest Fiero ever? I don't think so. I think that... Derek is about my height or maybe an oh, inch wow, taller. Okay. Who else is tall? Was Sebastian Arcellus tall or he just had long hair? I feel like he must be. <laughs> you know who was so tall? We saw it on tour in Cleveland. Maybe you were in it, Sam. Um, John Hall. Was that his name? John Hall. He, I, so I covered him. I did. Okay. I came in after Cleveland, but he's taller than I. Okay. He was sure. so tall. John Hall. 
but the girls maybe were <laughs> we, just short. We saw the show during like. No, this Don't is really stop. important. This, this is the important stuff. I know. This is, do the, do <laughs> the listeners tall? like this? We're just like, who did we see? Are they tall? This is it's a visual medium, you guys. So when was the first time um, you saw Wicked? The first time I saw Wicked, I was twelve. I went with my mother and my brother and my sister, and I remember exactly three things from the show. I remember that my Fiero had long hair. Sebastian. So his name, I, it was Sebastian. And actually, fun side note is that I wear Sebastian's hat in the opener. Oh, fun. Yes, Fiero's in the opener. You'll have to figure out where. Oh, I forgot that. Um, for like a, a half a second. But I wear Sebastian's hat now. The other, the second thing I remember is No Good Deed. Oh, yeah. And being like, wow, this song slaps. <laughs> well, who was your alphabet? I don't, I don't even remember. But this was Broadway or tour? This was Broadway. Okay. I'm sure my, my mom would know. But it, it, so it was seventh grade. So I was 12. So that would have been 2007. So somewhere we're around the same, there. we're the same age. Shockingly. There you go. Even though you look young, 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 young. Oh, I thought you were uh, going to say the opposite. So thank you. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> the third thing I remember of seeing it for that first time was it was like the aftermath of Defying Gravity, because I remember sitting in the lobby on the steps, like by the theater hall of fame with my sister and my twin sister was just Ball. And oh. I was like, I think I was kind of like in shock a little bit. That number has kind of like resonated in both of us for different reasons and like has continued to kind of reverberate over the years and manifest in different ways. And I'll let her tell her own version of the story if if she ever wants to. But I, I just remember. And then when I joined the tour, was it was the next time I saw it. And I watched the show when I was learning it. And I swear the first 28 times I watched that green girl go up, I just wept. It's like, there it yeah. is. Theater iconography right there. Mm-hmm. You're like, every time you're like, oh yeah, that's why. <laughs> that's why. Oh my God, yeah. You just gave me I the chills. That. I know it, it really is an iconic theater moment. And the song itself is just so good. It represents truly 10 different you know, inspirational things that one could be going through, like the idea of breaking free or going off on your own and friendship and sticking it to the man and fighting for what you want and finally owning your power. It's just incredible. I'm like actually going to cry right now. Totally. It's part of what's what makes kind of the show as a whole so brilliant is that it keeps finding new, it keeps being valenced in new ways as the show grows older so, I mean, we've had people say, oh, have you, you know, have you changed the script coming back? Because, and, and even, you know, a few years ago, like everything the wizard says, the truth is not a thing of fact or reason. The truth is just what everyone agrees on. Mm-hmm. All this kind of like Trumpian populist thing that like, you know, it was, it was being made in the wake of 2001, of September 11th. And then like, as it, new kind of events happen, it keeps finding, like I said, new valence and, and coming back. I mean, how amazing that first line. It's good to see me, isn't it? And then the final monologue of the show, which I mean, mm. spoiler alert, but we have been through a difficult time and there will be other times that, a frightening time. There will be other times and things that frighten us. It's just like, it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that speaks universally. And I know that's a a cliche thing to say now, but it's what makes a show like Wicked Run is is its ability to remain relevant. I sound like now I'm doing advertising for the show. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, it's, it's great. It's so true. That moment, that Linda's last monologue type moment 
that was the moment where I finally cried when I mm. saw it at that dress rehearsal. Cause it was like an exhale of who mm-hmm. we're back. Like this is the perfect show to be back for. And how special it must be to be telling that story every night. It changes with the times so you're right. And that's why it's going to run forever. Find me 20, 2052 doing the wizard. And who knows well, if the movie will actually happen. It's but, cast. You know. I guess that's pop culture, right? That is, <laughs> I know. Were you so gagged? I just remember I came back. I, I want to say it was like intermission on Friday. And the, there was like a hubbub with some of the dressers in the principal hallway. And I was like, what's going on? And they were like, have you heard? And they pulled up the article in the middle of the show. Oh, it happened in the middle of the and, show. And uh, yeah, I was like, honestly, I just, if nothing else, that cast album is going to be something. I can't wait to I hear know. Cynthia Erivo sing The Wizard and I. That's the one. For I me. know. That, oh, is that, is that the one you're looking for? Sure. I'm, I'm looking forward to her No Good Deed. Y'all, she's going to eat. I'm not that girl. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> No, you know, Something I, for I everyone. Hear Ariana saying, I'm not that girl. Reprise. Reprise? Mm. Reprise? I'm a reprise person. You're a reprise person? I'm a reprise person. Are you a reprise person, Dylan? Okay. I'm reprise. Don't worry. Okay. We're reprise. You're safe here. You're safe. <laughs> we should go back to the beginning. I, I agree. Because I have thoughts about the Wicked movie, but I want to save it for my dose of drama. Oh, ooh, ooh. okay, cool. So and it's not about either woman. Wait, I also have to say, it's so cool that Sam, like, I can remember also being 12 and watching Wicked and honestly my it changing my entire life. And then here I am working on it in a different way, using my talents in a different way to work on it. But, and I see you doing the same thing and it's just, it's so crazy how art can really like inform and change your life and then circle right back to bring you to like a pivotal career moment. And I think it's just, it's amazing. It's, I don't know. I don't really have words for it, but speaking of those moments when your life maybe might change forever, we like to ask all of our guests about about it, about this ring of keys moment, that time when you recognized that art meant something more to you than you ever imagined it could. Do you feel like you had that moment? Yeah, which is which is funny because I was raised in a house that obviously kind of championed the arts in a really direct way. And there was there was never a question that that music and, and theater and other media were, were like important and kind of Anyway, what, I, what I'm trying to say is that, like, I guess it would be easy to say, like, I was just raised like, by actor parents and always knew I wanted to do this. A lot of that is true, but I, I have a very specific memory. Uh, so I don't know where you guys stand on the whole, like, Christmas music before Thanksgiving thing. What do you think? We don't do it. Okay. Oh, there's, there seems a little, there was an inhale there, Connor. Well, no, it's been such a hot button topic <laughs> this year. Has it not? I am pretty puritanical it. about it. Yeah. Like we will put the Christmas music on when we are doing the dishes after Thanksgiving meal. I like it. That's us. That works. And it's Chris, it's Kristen Chenoweth's Christmas album too, by the Is way. It? Okay. Anyway. It's Mariah for us, but you know, like you said, <laughs> to each their own. Like your diva. Anyway, it was seventh grade. A, a lot of things happened in seventh grade, I guess. I saw Wicked. This memory happened. We have the Thanksgiving meal. We do the dishes and we put on Mariah. And then we kind of all headed to the living room where there was this big white armoire that housed all of the music. And there was like an old record player in there. And and this kids is in the time of CDs and, and cassette tapes and everything. So everything was kind of like stacked in haphazard ways, no real organization to it. And we just kind of started like leafing through some of the music and putting random things on playing this, playing that. My parents pulled out this two disc set. It was in like a, this green case. And they were kind of like, Oh, like we, we actually played this for you guys when you were really young, when you were infants, they put on this song and this key change happened. It went exploring things you'd never dare. Cause you don't care when suddenly there's a big, tall, terrible giant 
And like every cell in my body kind of grabbed on. And I had this kind of like somatic memory, a sense memory, if you will, Mm. where I was like, what is that? Because I... I didn't remember the music per se, but my body remembered it. And mm-hmm. I grabbed the CD and I learned every word to Into the Woods in the next week. And then like next it was Sweeney Todd. And then I had a friend, Sophie Needleman, shout out Sophie Needleman, who burned me like 70 CDs of, of just different shows. And that became my entire iTunes library. And I was like, if music can make me feel this way this if this type of music can make me feel this way that's got to be it and it Mm. was kind of the beginning of the end for me but um (laughs) that moment really sticks out and that song is still uh really special to me because of that but um you know so be careful all you parents out there what you play for your children in the crib because it sticks around in one way or another you're saying that children will listen oh god (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like I'm in that living room right now. It feels cozy. There's a fire lit. The lighting's ambient as hell. Like it's, I want to be there. I love that so much. And I think, you know, Sondheim, Mm. it only gets better with age. It's true. You know, especially that show, the lessons and the, oh, it's. My friend Kent Coleman gave me like the VCR of the recording of of that original company. And I had, we had this little TV box that played just one vcr it was like as big as my computer is right now uh-huh. and i like used to lie on the floor and i wore that tape out just like hiding by myself in my room i could give you all the line readings of that cast. you're a purist you're you're you stick by your obc <laughs> i am and not only for that but because of jonathan tunic's arrangements oh they're brilliant especially for into the woods and sweeney todd like i was all for the barrow street production of sweeney todd but like give me sweeney todd with the new york phil give me sweeney todd with 18 french horns and a and and three tubas i just like need that and sweeney the original production played at the gershwin it did yes Mm -hmm. so i'm very into the ghosts i do try to on my way out of the theater every day i kind of like just have a little moment with the ghost light nice as i before I um before I leave, my little kind of moment of communion. I'm not a religious person, but my spirituality shows up in the theater. You're so, so interesting, Sam. I, I can tell that your religion is theater. It's it's something that's just in your blood and clearly. Wait, that's so. Are there ghosts in the Gersh? Well, for sure. Ooh. For sure. You know who speaks really beautifully about this is Alexandra Billings. Love about the ghosts and the the uh, the spirits in in theater that we pay tribute to. So. She could say it better than I, but well, we we're, we're trying to get her to honest with you. So uh, <laughs> the the ask is out. <laughs> Anyways, so growing up with these like genius parents, these talented, amazing people, did they want this life for you? <laughs> I've, totally. heard, I've heard it could be both ways with you know showbiz fans. Well, they were very deliberate about no child acting. Okay, so they were kind of like go do the life thing have as much life as possible. And all of that life and everything that you do will show up in your work ultimately. Mm. So that's why, you know, that's where the sports comes in and the the school and like going to Princeton where there was no theater major, but I was able to play division one lacrosse and, and do all these other sorts of things that I think do kind of show up in, in how I show up in a rehearsal room or, or on stage. They were definitely deliberate about that. But in terms of my, like actually saying, this is it. I want to be an actor. The way I like to, I, I like to say that they were cautiously supportive, not hesitant, but just cautious in, in the way that they were like, well, 
you grew up with this firsthand of, of the ups and the downs and knowing that this is a hard lifestyle and it's not for everyone, but if you can kind of weather the storm, the fruits that it will bear are, you know, kind of the greatest thing ever. So I, I also saw that. And I, I grew up in a, in a town in, in Connecticut where like a lot of kids' parents were going to New York City to do finance or other kind of corporate jobs. And my mom was like flying to Moscow to sing with the symphony orchestra. So <laughs> I, I always wanted that version of life. Yeah. And now here I am kind of like doing the thing, which is really humbling. And um, it's an honor to be able to be in the family business in that way. Oh, and they're surely Wait. proud of both of you. What is, what is Char- Charlie? Charlie, well remembered. What does Charlie do? Charlie is the black sheep of the family in that he's not like a capital A artist. He's a okay. bartender down in Charleston, which is, form. it is creative in its own way for sure. Doing Wait, the has he ever kingdom. served the cast of Bravo's reality show, Southern Charm? We, we would have to phone him <laughs> in for that. <laughs> It films in Charleston. It films in Charleston and they're always at the bars. Yeah. Okay. So you, there's this, there's been much written about the fact that you're like this D1 athlete turned Broadway boy. Um, we don't need to retread, <laughs> you know, often told stories, but I'm just, I'm just kind of curious. Was that a struggle balancing doing theater or anything like that? While, Cause I imagine you did theater in college while also being a lax bro. <laughs> I love that moniker. I would just say I feel really lucky to have gone to a place like Princeton because I think that there are very few division one sports programs that would also like allow you to do theater or anything that has a kind of major time commitment in that way. I remember very distinctly going to my defensive coordinator, my sophomore year and saying, Hey coach, they're doing spring awakening this spring. And it's a show that I've always wanted to do, but it's during the season. So we don't have our game schedule yet. They're having auditions now, whatever the schedule is, like, I I want you to know that I will prioritize the cross and like, I will be there. Cause at this point I was a starter and I was playing a lot. And my defensive coordinator, Dylan Sheridan said, shout out. So the most amazing thing, which was, he said, I know when you are happy, you will play your best lacrosse. And I know that this makes you happy. So go audition for that show and we'll make it happen. And oh, wow. like to, to have a champion like that, I, I just don't think is a universal experience for, for someone who wants to kind of hold these two very big time commitments at the same time. I was lucky to be at an institution that was all about kind of like burning the candle at both ends and in, in a really kind of full way, able to um, play lacrosse at a really high level and also do fucking Spring Awakening. Oh, sorry. And do <laughs> Spring yeah. Awakening as well. So you, you can swear. You can, you can say, say totally. We can swear on this pod. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's got the explicit rating on apple <laughs> <laughs> perfect then i'll stop holding back that is so special yeah. so you did spring awakening i did did you did you have a lead part i played georg Ooh, touch me solo mm-hmm. okay so you were at prince and i do have to ask did you know Catherine cohen Catherine graduated a year before i got there but okay i did famously do I, I've, this is a third time i've said famously in this podcast <laughs> which actually okay. is a Cath- other title it is a Catherine cohen reference so if you don't listen to Kat Cohen's pod, oh, we do. She we famously do. says famously a lot, <laughs> and I picked uh-huh. that up from her. But anyway, Catherine's little brothers went to Princeton as well, and her oh. her the older little brother 
Billy went to Princeton and was a year before me and played Melchior. He's wonderful. And he's currently on tour with the band's visit. Oh, yes. She mentioned that in a recent episode of yes. So shout out Billy Cohen. Look how generous I am plugging another <laughs> podcast. Um, I'm obsessed with her. I think that she, her, she is like one of the funniest. Her solo show that she does, The Twist, She's Gorgeous, is so good. It's really good. So good. And I I remember like going down to her Cabernet Cabaret nights at a club coming yeah. before she had kind of blown up in the way. I mean, she was still like, mm-hmm. she, she, she was already at that point kind of like Cat Cone. Like you could get a seat at club coming mm-hmm. and now you can't. Yeah. I'm really happy for her. And and we we were in the same acapella group. So yes, thank you. I did acapella. Thank you. So <laughs> when we all, do alumni listeners. things. He's done it all. <laughs> so, so when there are alumni functions for our group, Shere Khan acapella, we are in the same space. How yes. cool. So I would I would fangirl hard over her. That's crazy. Wait, Sam, I'm I'm wondering, like, okay, so you graduated from Princeton and then and then Wicked came six months later? Were you like auditioning? during college for stuff or was it like i'm gonna wait till i'm done and then i'm gonna go try my best to make it on the boards yeah i i um it was the latter i i was not auditioning in college i didn't take a voice lesson till i graduated (sighs) college which was an important step for me and actually so i i was lucky enough i did a production of once my senior year of college i love that and I got representation that way. So I was able to start auditioning pretty quickly. Were you guy and the guy? I was guy, the guy. Uh, yeah. So much fun doing that show. I start, so I started auditioning and then it was actually, so I got the same piece of advice from three different people, same piece of feedback, I'll call it, from three different people in like a single week about my singing, which was, so you've got this like nice voice, but it sounds like there's a lot of sound that you're not accessing basically and actually craig burns who's the casting director of wicked said i've got a great guy for that his name is matt farnsworth you should go see him and i started studying with matt and then like four weeks later i had a call back from craig matt truly changed my whole voice in like a matter of four or five voice lessons that's incredible yeah and uh so so the first real contract that i did was that production of joseph and the rainbow coat What's it called? Te- amazing technical dream coat. That one as well. And <laughs> it was it was this absurd cast. Christine Dwyer as the narrator, Hunter, Hunter Herdlicka as Joseph, and like the, the this him. ensemble full of amazing Broadway veterans. Were uh, you a brother? I was a brother, along with people like Vishal Vaidya and Mark De La Cruz. And just like all these people who had like been on Broadway and I was this like 20, was I 21 at that? No, I was 22. And I was like, Oh my God, you're on Broadway. <laughs> and then it, so the, the music director of that production was Brian Perry, who was the MD of Wicked on Broadway at the time. The casting director of that production was Craig Burns, who cast Wicked. So it kind of felt like an audition in itself a little bit. And then literally, I think it was two weeks after that production, I was cast as a fear on a study and I, and I shipped out to do the wicked on on the road. Did you like being on the road? I loved being on the road. Being on the road was really important for me, especially right out of school. I think I just kind of stretched so much out there. And first of all, was able to like put away some money. So I didn't have to work three jobs when I got back. But I also like, I mean, to be able to go, and just grow like outside of the purview of the New York theater lens, which is kind of like a myth in itself, but to, to be able to go and be surrounded by like really talented people who had experience and, and learn 
from them and learn on the job, not to mention all the like other life skills that I got from living on the road, like being by myself and and learning about all that that entails. It was an important experience for me as a as a young book. And what city what city did you find you would go back to? Well, I I was lucky. We got we got a bunch of cool cities. We played 6 weeks in San Diego, which I loved. We did 6 weeks oh, in cool. Toronto which was great. International tour. Thank you. I know. Yes, that's right. (laughs) We did nine weeks in LA, which was very, very cool at the Pantages while I was there. And Wicked once had a sit down production. Yes, they did. And then like a bunch of small towns that were really cool along the way, like Albuquerque. And I don't know, like I I was there for Nashville and Memphis and, and those are great towns. So it was, it was a good a good leg that I got to be a part of. I love that they were a little bit longer. So you could probably actually get into a routine when you were in some of these places instead of just like, exactly. They uh, wicked completely ruined touring for me for the rest of my life because yeah, it was like <laughs> doing a month here, a month there. And yeah, I could never do it a, t- a two day or something. Cause I mean, I, oh I don't want to say that, but cause, but just cheers <laughs> to the people who are, who, who do that because that is a tough lifestyle. Wait. So when did you, you were an almost famous? Yes. When did that pop in and were you a fan of the film? I had not seen the film when I auditioned and I went in for my callback and Cameron Crowe was sitting there and I read the scene and he said, Hey, okay, there's this other thing I'd like for you to read. Have you seen the film? And I said, no. <laughs> and he said, that's totally fine. Here, go read the scene. Come. And I came back and I read the scene and he was like, that's awesome. Don't watch the film. And of course I watched the film then, but that, uh-huh. that happened while, so I toured for a year. I got back, I joined the Broadway company of Wicked and I did the ensemble for seven weeks. So I was, I was understudying Fierro on Broadway for seven weeks while one of the Fierro covers was on a, on a leave of absence. And I auditioned for Almost Famous during that and, wow. and got it. So it was great. Cause I kind of, I got to leave Wicked and then go, I was actually doing some double duty right at the end of my Wicked tenure there rehearsing for almost famous performing wicked at night and it was that was such an awesome experience for me because it was my first real rehearsal process and yeah to build a show is such a different thing it's just a different animal and i was again lucky to be surrounded by just a wealth of talent in in that company Saleh pfeiffer one of my dear friends i met doing that job drew galing and unreal unreal yeah colin donnell and then this ensemble full of amazingly talented people van hughes and gerard canonico and emily schulteis and all these wonderful people matt yee playing the guitar like it, it was a ridiculous experience and then of course the team consisted of Tom Kitt, Cameron Crowe, and Leah Bollock, and Jeremy Heron. And it You're was, so good with names. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> it was really you important are. to me. I was like so wide-eyed watching Drew Galing rehearse and being like, wow, like that is how you bring creativity into a room and a really cool experience for me. And I hope to to have one like that again soon. Well, what was, what, what role were you playing? Were you in the band? I wasn't. I, I played the Jimmy Fallon character. So I had an, a kind of chunky cameo toward the end. As, yeah, this, as the end, manager yeah. of the band. Oh my God. Okay. I, I love Penny Lane. I love that movie. It's it's so good. Do they keep the scene when the plane is going down and everyone starts confessing things? Is that still in the, in the musical? That was the scene that Cameron sent me out to learn and then come uh, back in and read. So yes. It's iconic. Sam, I need to tell you that Saleha Pfeiffer is a fucking legend <laughs> and I am so gagged by her. I got, the only thing I've seen her in is she she was Evita in the Encores production, and I was sitting there stunned, speechless. I was like, if this was 
on Broadway, she would be cleaning up Tony, like everything. She really had me on the floor. Yeah. She's, she's it. She is. She's a verified, a veritable star. She is an amazing human and deserves everything that she is coming to her. And she's done it all. You know, she, she just shot a film. She's done TV. She's done every regional gig that's possible. And now she just needs to come home to Broadway. And she will. She's coming. She hinted in a, in a recent interview. She said, I'm making my Broadway debut in 2022. Maybe she'll play Alphabet at the matinee and Glinda at the evening. And she'll be the first actress to do it in rap. <laughs> Who could she do it with? Ariana Grande. Someone, Ariana. Yeah, to- <laughs> I know, literally. <laughs> I will say the gag of that, Ariana thinks, I, I know I cut off our conversation earlier, is because Ari sang The Wizard and I at that mm-hmm. wicked anniversary thing, I think we all were like, oh, she wants to be Elphaba and Dove Cameron is going to be Glinda. But the gag was that Ariana is Glinda. Like, I don't think people saw that coming. That was definitely a plot you know? twist for the ages. It was. Sam, <laughs> it was what do you do twist. with your free time when you're not doing eight weeks of Wicked already? Um, I, I'm a writer as well. And I play, play some music. So I play the guitar and I've been studying more jazz guitar kind of stuff. I try to do something physical every day. So, you know, go to the gym and try to keep the the white pants tight. Squat lots of squats. <laughs> <laughs> but I too I, I have found ways to translate my competitive energy off the lacrosse field and into other other things. So I play a lot of tennis. But yeah, it's I feel like it's yeah, but but I said like the things that I do for me for my time are uh are writing and, and music based. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, maybe we'll, we'll see some of that stuff coming up soon. Perhaps. Perhaps. Maybe. Well, as we wrap up, we do like to end on a dose of drama, which as Connor calls it, it's our titular segment. It's where we just kind of talk about whatever we're binging or enjoying or something that was on our mind. So maybe something Ooh. that's unresolved. And I, I, I want to jump right in with mine because it is about the Wicked cast. And there's this petition that was literally in the Broadway briefing today about James Corden and people <laughs> want him staying away from the movie. I don't want to, I'm not going to say too much in general. But I, I just, and I said this to Hunter, my same-sex partner this morning. <laughs> SSP. Where did James Corden go wrong? We were trying to trace it back because for a while there, Carpool Karaoke was amazing. He did like the musical sidewalk thing and, and the shows. And now he's like thrusting in, in the streets during a flash mob for the Cinderella movie. And people are like, get him away from me. Like people hate him. They really do. Was it because that carpool karaoke thing beat Beyonce's Lemonade at the Emmys a few years ago? Or was it because of Cats? I think it was the Lemonade thing. Hunter thinks it was Cats. I don't know. He's trying his best and it's just not reading well with the fans, you know? I don't know. He's in like every movie musical randomly, you know? He was in Into the Woods and the new Cinderella and Cats. and That really is true. I feel like he was in another one too. He's the Anna Kendrick of this couple of years. Well, the prom. Dude, that's the, the big pro- one. Okay, wait, Sam, maybe that's where he went wrong. I'm pleading the fifth. I don't know. He's okay. pleading the fifth. I Sam, love how you judicious so you are. interesting and I love it. You're, you're, you have such a calm demeanor in a poker face for certain. So that's my dose of drama. It's more like a poker smile. You know, I'm one, uh-huh. of, those, one of those mask it with a smile, baby. One of uh-huh. those. <laughs> um, Connor, do you have a dose of drama? I do. And I thought of it today. Well, I guess I've been thinking about it all weekend, really. And I was having a conversation with my friends and it was really, it was brought to my attention today when I realized, you know, I saw the new film Dune, which I loved. And 
I was scrolling through HBO Max and I saw it on there, whatever. And I was thinking about Timothy Chalamet as I often do. And I realized, I think I'm done with twinks. I know, I know, I know it's crazy. And I'm going to eat my words in like a couple days probably or hours even, but I don't know. I just feel like as a, as a 28 year old now and Timothy Chalamet just doesn't, he doesn't do it for me anymore. Connor, I never thought in, you would say this. And he hasn't even been in my life that long, but I was just kind of like Oscar Isaac is way hotter to me in this. Wow. You know, and I that's know, gross. I know that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> so what you understand is that Connor is a Timmy Stan, Timmy, Tom Holland, like name a twink Connor loves. So this is a, this is, this is definitely growth. I don't know. Oh my God. Well, well, Tom is kind of in a twunk category now, Dylan. Yeah, that's true. Don't you guys think? Yeah. With, with for Spidey. Yeah. But anyway, Timmy, I love you, but it's complicated right now. To be continue with Dune part two. Um, Sam, do you have a dose of drama for us today? Those of drama. I, I'm very pop culture illiterate in a lot of ways. It's okay. So much so that yesterday I uh, I solicited the opinion of of a few people asking about if I should watch either Breaking Bad or The Wire and got chastised because both shows are A, quite old, but B, fantastic and people couldn't choose. So I think I'm going to start off with The Wire, but... Um, that was my vote. I guess, like, I also haven't seen Squid Game. Anyway, all, this isn't really drama. I, I guess it's me feeling out of touch with the drama in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> start with Squid Game, because it's the most recent thing. And if people are still mm-hmm. kind of talking about it. And then The Wire, because I think it's less seasons. That's true. I can also give you this, because this is this is drama with a capital D, but the actor's studio just reopened last week Um, my father's the artistic director there and i became a finalist at the actor studio last year if you don't know what the actor studio is go to their website they do amazing work it's it's like the home of capital m method acting and don't think of method acting as the way that it's been kind of pop culture has not been kind to method acting a lot of ways because of what i would call kind of extreme versions of it showing up in people like Daniel Day-Lewis or Heath Ledger, that these are kind of like bastardized bastardized versions of what Lee Strasberg taught at the studio originally. But anyway, I'm really excited because as a finalist, I get to go back to the studio beginning on Friday and see some live work and continue to try to work on myself in that way. So I would encourage any young actors out there, check out the Actors Studio because the membership is a really special thing. It's completely free. If you audition and become a member, I mean, talk about genealogy. It's it's a really special place that does really special work. So this, I'm excited about that. Oh my God, congrats. This is like the James Lipton actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same kind of thing. He he uh, interviewed a lot of folks through the Inside the Actors Studio series. Yeah. I used to love that. The people sitting in the audience, is that like, were they finalists? Was that like what you would be? No, that, so they actually shot that in a different studio. Oh, okay. It was kind of influenced by the same umbrella. That is so awesome. Oh. Congrats, by the way. That's so exciting. Thank you. I get the feeling you're itching to do like a straight play. Listen, if you were to ask me what my dream role is, I want to play Brick and Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. So yes, put me in a straight play if you're out there. I would love that. That's hopefully where I'm, that's hopefully in my future in a lot of ways. Yeah. You'd be so good. Who's going to play um, Maggie? That's a great question. Soleil Pfeiffer? Soleil Pfeiffer. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to play Big Daddy? Hopefully my father. Oh! oh. Hey. There's someone, there's a producer out there who wants to do this. Call us. Yeah. Come on. 
Well, Sam, this has been so much fun. I I was honestly a basket case before this interview began. And I truly, your energy <laughs> has just brought me back down to earth. I'm going to go see Spencer tonight. I'm I'm very excited. Is that your um, SSP? <laughs> no. Spencer, no. the film starring Chris, Chris see, Stewart. See, pop culture illiterate. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn it. Spencer, I love that you, yeah, it's you reference the SSP playing Diana. Oh, okay. Yes. There you go. My SSP is not going. He is teaching dance tonight at his old studio. But I, uh, I really appreciated getting to know you and you opening up your heart to us tonight. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. And thank, shout out Jenny Denoya for, for the link. But this has been a ton of fun. Did yes. she approach you in, in the hallways of the Gershwin Theater? I was in my dressing room rolling out on my foam roller. And she said, hey, there are these two guys that do this podcast. They're pretty cool. <laughs> you should talk to them. Okay. I love it. I love it. That, oh, my God. How and that's fun. how it happened. I did, I, did Venmo her. I did Venmo her shortly after that. But I'm glad. Okay. That. Well, I'll have to contact her for a royalty, but I'm glad. I'm glad to have been here. Thank you guys so much for, for having me. Uh, well, thank you, Sam. And I'll see you on Wednesday. You're not on Twitter, but you're on Insta at Sam Gravit. G-R-A-V-I-T-T-E. Well done. Thanks, Sam. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Connor, I'll see you next time. Drama. Drama.